This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Radford again. Port going in and down spot. What a goalkeeper. Hello and welcome to the Low Strangers podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. For this episode, we celebrate the legendary Swindon Town goalkeeper Peter Downsborough, who passed away on September 26, 2019, aged 76. In all competitions, Peter played 320 times for Swindon between 1965 and 1973, but he'll always be forever best known as one of the town heroes of that 1969 League Cup success against Arsenal at Wembley. Peter Downsborough was born in Siddle on the 13th of September 1943. He was a gifted sportsman from an early age, both as an individual in boxing and swimming, and in the team sports of cricket, rugby union and, of course, football. Like many goalkeepers, Peter started in an outfield position, He was centre-forward for the Halifax Boys Brigade until injuries elsewhere resulted in Peter making that life-changing move to the goalkeeper position. It was during this time that he caught the eye of Halifax Town, where he would sign professional forms in 1960, after making his debut as a 16-year-old. These were tough times for Halifax Town as they tried to preserve their third-tier status in front of small crowds, with a tight budget, and often facing crushing defeats. Peter's first trip to the county ground was in April 1962 with Halifax, as a town team including legends like Ernie Hunt, Mike Summerby, Bobby Woodruff, Arnold Darcy and Morris Owen ran riot, scoring six with no reply. It's perhaps testament to Peter that despite the level of goals being conceded, that he was still highly regarded enough to attract the interest of other football league clubs, and it was Danny Williams who brought him to Swindon in 1965 for £2,500 plus town inside left Bill Atkins moving in the opposite direction. 
Peter was an early acquisition in Danny Williams' long-term project that combined new players and as many of Bert's babes that Danny could possibly retain the services of. Peter made his debut against Oxford United in August 1965. The game finished nil-nil, the first of nine clean sheets that he would keep against Oxford in just 12 appearances against them. He is one of only five goalkeepers to keep over 100 clean sheets for the club. He sits in third position on 112 and he achieved his in less games than the others. My sources for this episode include Richard Banyard's fantastic Swindon Town archive site, the work of Dick Matic, archive articles by the Swindon Advertiser and Johnny Maynell's wonderful tribute to Peter, which was published on the FC Halifax Town official website. So this is where I bring in town fan Vic Morgan as we discuss and celebrate the career of Peter Downsborough and that wonderful Swindon Town era. So let's sound the hooter for a tribute episode of The Low Strangers. It is perhaps unfortunate that we only seem to talk to each other when a town hero departs, but I think I think it's important that we remember, acknowledge and appreciate the efforts that these guys did for Swindon. So as always, Vic, it's a pleasure to have you back on so we can celebrate the life of an iconic figure in Swindon Town's history. Yeah, I think, yeah, celebrate is the, is the actual word because... You know, it's a very sad occasion when one of them passes away. And at the age of 76, that's a very young age to go. And, of course, he, Peter Downsborough was with us, was he not, uh, last March when the club uh, commemorated the 50th anniversary of the League Cup triumph. But he was a great goalkeeper, was he not? Over 270 appearances for the town. You've got to be pretty good to do that. And uh, signed in 65, he was a model of consistency. And we'll get to that campaign a little later, I'm sure. But I think many people remember him for being an, an extremely solid goalkeeper in an era when goalkeepers had some pretty rough treatment. It wasn't like it was now where, you know, the physical treatment of a goalkeeper is looked upon by referees all the time. This was a pretty tough era. And uh, it was the days of muddy pitches, heavy boots and woolen gloves, unbelievably. Uh, and in, t- in fact, no gloves uh, for most of the season. This was a different era altogether. And what a fantastic goalkeeper. He, as, as you'll recall in my top 11, he was my number one goalkeeper for Swindon Town. And he remains so. Yeah, of course. And we will, as you mentioned, discuss the League Cup final in a few moments. And as you also mentioned, Peter was your number one pick when we recorded the My 11 episode. We have more time to celebrate his town career now. So you started going when he was a few years into his town career. What were your early memories of Peter Downsborough, the goalkeeper? I just remember him being part of a very solid defensive unit. And, you know, there were very few occasions when uh, Swindon suffered defeats uh, by a number of goals. And he was a great factor in that. He, he, he His positioning was good. He, he was very commanding. I mean, I, I would think... If you were a defender and you didn't do what Peter Downsborough wanted you to do, he told you. I mean, he was—he came from Yorkshire, of course, so you know he knew how to 
uh, tell people what he wanted. And, and I would imagine that that was very much a part of that defensive game at the time. Danny Williams, of course, was manager too. So, you know, there was that connection. And I would imagine he was somebody at the back who took control along with Burroughs and Harland and the like and kept control of that Swindon rear guard. Mel Nurse was there for a time when he was, of course, a Welsh international. So there was plenty of experience in that town side. And Peter Downsville was unquestionably part of that experience. Could you imagine in 2019 the reaction of the fans if we signed a goalkeeper who had played a lot of football, but he was playing for Halifax Town, who two seasons when he was a Halifax player, they conceded over 100 goals, but he was still highly commended for his efforts in in, in seasons of struggle for Halifax. Would you even imagine if we signed Stevenage's goalkeeper now, if uh, if we needed a first-team choice? No, Well, no. I mean, well, gosh, of course, in those days, there was no social media. So... <laughs> You know, the comments wouldn't have been so fulsome, shall we say, as they are now. Um, I, I wonder what it would have been like in those days if there was social media. I often think about this. You know, um, it's interesting. I've seen some old clippings from the Evening Advertiser of, of, of that season, which we'll talk about in a little while, and criticism of some of the performances. And you think, goodness me, hang on a minute. <laughs> you know, so it did go on in those days, but not to the extent uh, that it does now. And I, and I think people sort of more or less accepted what the manager sort of, if he wanted to sign somebody and he signed somebody, I think people didn't know so much about players as they do now. And they don't have access to how they're playing. You know, just because a side's conceded a lot of goals, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the goalkeeper's fault. It could be the way they defend from the front, you know, the midfield, the defence, and the goalkeeper might be amazing, make 10 saves in every game, but they might concede four. So, you know, it, it, without knowing what the, the, the circumstances are of, of the, the team that he plays for, it's difficult to judge somebody until you see them play. I think it's it's all about Danny Williams's master plan, wasn't it? Because he did have this tendency to try and keep what he could from, the, from Burt's Babes and bring in these Northerners where he'd obviously seen them play a lot and trusted them and it just seemed to work over four or five seasons didn't it and Downsborough was one of the early members of that recruitment drive he was I mean if you remember right he he was at the club in in the the fine FA Cup run um in 66 67 if memory serves but he missed a lot of the cup games through injury Tony Hicks came in uh, and uh, took his place but, you know, he was always there. And, and if you look at the amount of appearances he made, there were two consecutive appearances, uh, seasons, I think, where he was an ever-present, which is an extraordinary thing nowadays. When you think if there's a League Cup match or a, an FA Cup game, the tendency is to play the second-string goalkeeper, isn't it? Uh, but in those days, of course, you played your first-choice goalkeeper unless they were suspended or injured. And, you know, you would never think of leaving somebody like Peter Downsborough out of the team unless there was a good enough reason to do so. Like, you know, he was injured or suspended. So not only was he a model of consistency, it seems, but he was also an extremely fit player because he played an awful lot of games in, in that time. 274, I think it was, appearances. So, you know, that's not bad, is it? Uh, over just a, a short span of time, really, 67 to 73, something like that. So he really was a very consistent goalkeeper. And uh, yes, you're right. I mean, Danny Williams obviously spotted him, thought he would be the keeper for him, brought him in. And uh, wow, what a success story he was. One of the things that really impresses me about Downsborough is, as you mentioned, he does suffer over two seasons 
a couple of injuries where, you know, it's hard to come back from now, but imagine what it's like to come back from in the 1960s. So as you say there, 66-67, Tony Hicks plays 20 games in 66-67 in the following season. Uh, Roy Jones plays 19 games and then the boon really starts for him. But as, as a, from a goalkeeper side, what really stood out? Because the elements that you talk of about goalkeeping in the 60s applies to every goalkeeper in in the four divisions. Why was Downsborough so successful? I think it was because he was consistent. And I think he was a commanding presence in goal. I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, it's very, to, to draw a parallel really with a modern goalkeeper, I'm, I, I'm guessing you could probably look at Wes Fodringham. I mean, you know, if you look at Wes Fodringham, he was a commanding presence in that town goal, wasn't he? And when he was beaten, it was, he was either beaten by a very good shot or a lucky deflection. He was very rarely beaten by a soft goal. And I think that was the same with Peter Downsborough. You know, he just was that model of consistency. Uh, Danny Williams obviously looked at that and, and thought he's my number one unless injury keeps him out. And you know, Danny Williams was no fool, was he? You know, he put together a pretty decent side at the county ground. And, you know, he went on to manage, uh, albeit briefly, at Sheffield Wednesday. But, you know, he knew what he wanted. And Peter Downsborough fitted that jigsaw. 112 clean sheets. In all that says it all, doesn't it? I mean, I don't, doesn't that say everything about him? Mm, absolutely. I and mean, out of the five players to have done that, the others being Fraser Digby, Sam Burton, Jimmy Allen and Len Skiller, well they all played more games than Peter during their Swindon careers, so his percentages are the best of the 100 plus, but that's remarkable isn't it, 100 plus clean sheets It is remarkable I mean, you know, obviously it's not just down to the goalkeeper, but he's a massive part of that, along with his defensive unit and you know, that defensive unit, we will get on to 68, 69 in depth in a minute. But, you know, just remember, at the start of that campaign, that defensive unit suffered a major blow with the fact that John Trollope uh, picked up his broken arm. So that had to change. So it wasn't always the same defensive unit. There were little changes along the way. But to still be that consistent, that is pretty remarkable. Over 100 clean sheets. That is some some record, isn't it? Absolutely. And they, they kind of had three at the back, didn't they? So they would have, during his time, they would have had Trollope or Dawson and Thomas uh, on as left back, right back. And they would have had Mel Nurse or Frank Burrows, depending on the season in the middle. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I, gosh, it's a long time ago. <laughs> Trying to remember how they play. But I mean, Mel Nurse was a great centre half, of course, Welsh international. Uh, but, you know, they, they're not, these were players, you know, Rod Thomas, of course, over 30 caps for Wales. Uh, after he'd left Swindon and gone on to Derby. Uh, John T- Trollope, well, we all know about John Trollope. I mean, is there anybody better as a, as a fullback in the history of the club? I doubt it. So these were decent footballers, weren't they? And, you know, this was a time when I would imagine if you wanted to say somebody in your something to somebody in your team, you said it and it was accepted in the spirit in which it was said. And, you know, team spirit obviously was very good at the county ground. Although, as we'll get on to later in this, Perhaps that was beginning to disappear in the latter stages of Peter Downsworth's career, which is a great shame. But I think, you know, that unit, that defensive unit, there were some tough players in midfield as well. That all contributed to what was a pretty good time at the county ground. You know, Joe Butler, 
my goodness me, one of the most underrated midfield players you will ever see. You know, goodness, uh, tough old Geordie, and he played like it, but he had a lot of talent as well. So there were some great characters in that squad uh, throughout the 60s and uh, into the 70s. So, goodness, uh, yeah, you just, you know, you can keep rolling these names off, and they are special footballers there's no question let's get to the 68-69 season and I know we've talked about 1969 a couple of times on this podcast but if you're a Swindon Town fan who doesn't want to hear about it then well maybe this podcast isn't for you because I could listen about all the stories from that era over and over again I don't know how you were feeling pre-game but Peter wasn't worried. Uh, he said, to be honest, I didn't feel nervous before the final. The night before, I went to the pictures to see Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> a great film to go and see. <laughs> if you weren't feeling nervous before you saw Rosemary's Baby, you wouldn't be after, I would imagine. Um, but just, just remember, of course, at the start of that league campaign, then conceded a goal for six games, mm. which is remarkable, isn't it? The first goals they conceded, I think, was in the seventh game at Bournemouth when they got beaten 2-0. But, Six games without conceding a goal. That is a remarkable statistic. Of course, he made his debut against Oxford in August 1965, which finished nil-nil. He kept nine clean sheets against Oxford in 12 appearances. And I think the first six or seven league games were all clean sheets. Not bad at all. Not so much for our friends in Headington. Gosh, those were the days, eh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on. Let's not talk about them too much, eh? Quite. Swindon's goalie, Downsborough, was having a marvellous game, but Arsenal were really having a bash. Half time, with Swindon still hanging on to their lead. 68 69, yes, six clean sheets in a row, and that launched really the basis for that successful season, which, uh, you know, just went on and on. Albeit, as we've said, without John Trollope, who broke his arm in the second game at Hartlepool. Mm. So that was a change which was forced upon uh, Danny Williams straight away. So, you know, that season had a great start in terms of results, but off the pitch, of course, there were one or two issues to deal with. A lot of fans who weren't alive for the 1969 League Cup final will watch some of the highlights and perhaps they'll say that there aren't many spectacular or almost impossible saves like what get all the plaudits today but he had to throw himself around while players like Bobby Gould kicked him about for 120 minutes and in some parts of that game it was relentless wasn't it? I think there was um, a quote from the great Geoffrey Green, the Times football journalist, wasn't there, that for 15 minutes, it was Peter Downsborough against Arsenal. And I just remember there was a succession of corners and he just punched one away after another. He caught them. He, he, he went at the boots of the Arsenal players. It was an extraordinary performance. And I don't think, and I, you know, I've been often thought about, have I seen a better goalkeeping performance than that? in my time was watching Swindon and do you know what? I, I don't think I've ever seen a better performance it was an extraordinary thing I mean people go on about Don Rogers and rightly so in that game of course but I think if you were to look at that in the cold light of day and say who won the League Cup for Swindon that day Peter Downsworth's name would be pretty much top of the list because without him I don't know what the score would have been at, at full time it was an amazing performance and I I don't suppose if, you know, in the great scheme of his career, there would have been too many better games than that. It was an extraordinary match. And 
I just look back on it now, and and I, and and every time you look at the clips of that game and you watch some of the saves he made, you just marvel at them because you know Arsenal. This was the team that went on to win the double. You know, let's not run away with the idea that this was a poor Arsenal team. This was the basis of the side that two years later won the FA Cup and League double. So this would they weren't mugs by any means. Um, and to put in a performance uh, against them like that, extraordinary. Into the second half with Arsenal pulling all the stops out. Downsborough again blocked the gunners, but the pressure was really on. Time and again, the Swindon goalie proved his worth. When I watched the highlights, and I do... Uh, it always makes me wonder whether Peter fancied himself at corners because he just always like sweeping it by for another corner, corner after corner after corner. Uh, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like in the stands during that that fifteen minute period. It was agony. It was agony. I just remember, you know, it's a long time ago, fifty odd years, you know, and uh, you remember the whole day, you know, getting up and getting there on the bus and all that kind of thing. Uh, but that spell when you just expected Arsenal to score and you thought they're going to score, you know, and they didn't. And it was down to Peter Downsborough that they didn't. I think he turned one on the post. You know, he, he, he made saves low down. He punched them away. He caught them. He pushed them over the bar. He did everything a goalkeeper can do to keep them out. And, you know, sometimes you, people talk about Gordon Banks' saves against Brazil, which was an amazing save. But as a goalkeeping performance, that is seldom bettered by anybody. I, I would tell anybody to watch that game and say, if they've seen a better goalkeeping performance from that than that, tell me what it is, because I'd love to see it. Radford had the ball taken off his toes. What a show of courage by this third division keeper. It's amazing how, despite everything, and that absolute world-class performance by a third division goalkeeper that you read some of his quotes after from years years later and that Bobby Gould goal still seemed to haunt him in a way he says I remember wishing the ground would open up and swallow me you know it's just it's I think even though we won that's that still had that element of oh but the clean sheet would have been good well, that's their mentality, isn't it? Uh, you know, any defender or goalkeeper, that's if they come out without conceding a goal, they'll have done their job. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm just going by memory here, but he, he kicked the ball away and it ricocheted off Bobby Gould, didn't it? And, you know, who knows what the condition of the pitch was when he kicked it? You know, you, you, you know, it could have been anything, couldn't it? He could have kicked a clump of mud or whatever it was. But, you know, it, you, I suppose at the time when it went to extra time, the momentum was with Arsenal, wasn't it? So maybe at that moment, uh, he thought, it's a bit like the Alex Stepney save against uh, Benfica, isn't it? That's a turning point of a game. And maybe at that moment, people thought that was the turning point of the Swindon Arsenal game. Um, and the Gordon Smith miss in the cup final, Brighton against Man United. There are, there are great goalkeeping moments, aren't there, which turn matches. Thankfully, it didn't turn it Arsenal's way uh, at the end of the match but I can imagine that Peter Downsbury would have been devastated by the fact he didn't cl- keep a clean sheet in Swindon's greatest day but hey you know won 3-1 <laughs> uh, so well <laughs> and nobody talks about Downsbury's mistake do they let's be honest nobody does I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that had Town gone on to lose that game he w- well he would have still come back a hero wouldn't he after, th- oh, after that oh question yeah absolutely I mean that performance was stunning 
And um, I, I've seen some people say it could have been 5-6-1 at the end of it. And that's not an overstatement. If he'd not put in the performance he did, they could have lost that game. No question. Um, so... Peter Downs, but that to me, as I've said, I think I don't think I've ever seen a better goalkeeping performance. Well, lads, as Brian Moore said, what a goalkeeper. Frank Burrows, uh, you were in that box all the time. He had a good game, didn't he, the goalkeeper? Yeah, I mean, we can look back now and we won the cup and they can't take that away from us. But the first half, Arsenal murdered us. And Peter and a lot of good defending and a little bit of luck. Uh... I also love how humble modest he was about the fact that don rogers took all the headlines the ace in the pack and the icing on the cake of what was a very good squad and he talks about team unity a lot in a lot of the quotes that i've read doing the research for this and it's his performance is very much a part of the bigger picture yeah i think that's absolutely right and i, and I mentioned earlier didn't i the team spirit and obviously sir don was well, you know, Sedan, that's the end of it. Um, but, you know, without the other 10 players, no player can win a game on its own. Um, I think a goalkeeper possibly can prevent the other team from winning it uh, with the saves that he makes, but no team can win a game on his own. He needs the other 10 players around him. And, you know, to have a player like Don Rogers to give the ball to in the final couple of minutes of extra time and go on and round the goalkeeper and slot it into the corner. That's not a bad thing to have, is it? With an immaculate white strip after 120 minutes on a mud heap. So that's the sort of player he was. And we've talked about uh, Don Rogers before, and rightly so, and we'll always talk about him. But I think that whole team we've mentioned before, Burrows, Harlan, Trollope, um, Thomas, Dawson, we should mention, of course, Owen Dawson. You know, the likes of Don Heath, um, Penman, Smith, you could go on, Peter Noble. You know, they, they are just woven into the fabric of our club and that that team was an extraordinary team. Highlighting the highlighting Peter's significance is not hyperbolic. You've named all of those legendary players and they're not just legends because of that one day. They're legends because of five, six, seven seasons of commitment they gave to us. But the thing that I want to really reference here is Peter was Swindon Town's player of the year for that season yeah goalkeepers usually get that accolade during seasons of struggle because they've spent yes. half their time trying to keep balls out like i can think of um frank talia steve mildenhall a couple of the later fraser digby awards have all gone during times of struggle but with that list of outfield players players that won it themselves and don rogers won it peter noble won it stan harland won it frank burrows won it joey butler won it john trollope won it of course absolute legends but they had to wait in line because this was peter's season yeah and when you think about it arguably the greatest season in the club's history all right you know we can argue forever about getting to the premier league and all that kind of thing but if you look at it at the time they won one of the major trophies in english football against one of the major clubs in english football that season they went up um just pipped by the legendary ken furphy's watford on goal average you know it's that kind of thing uh, really, that sort of sets this season apart, doesn't it? That you know, to have won it as player of the season in that season as a goalkeeper just sums up what a great player he was. And I always remember Lou Macari saying, "I'm about to sign a defender to me." And of course, what do you think when you think of defender? You think of a fullback or a centre half. But it, it, he he then went on to sign Kenny Allen as a goalkeeper. So 
that's what a goalkeeper is. He's part of that defence. He is the custodian between the posts, to use an old-fashioned word. And, you know, to win it in that season sums up just what a great goalkeeper he was. I've asked you various questions about post-1969 a few times, but how long did the feel-good factor and the buzz last within the fan base after 69? Because, of course, we were pretty decent in Division 2 immediately afterwards, but how much credit did people like Peter Downsborough have after 69? Well, we had a great season the following year, didn't we? And, you know, just narrowly missed out on promotion. And, of course, there were all the Anglo-Italian competitions as well. So, you know, at that time, being a Swindon fan was pretty good. And the thing is, if you started watching Swindon in the late 60s, it's a bit like, I guess, if you draw a comparison to the Decanio days, if you started watching Swindon in the Decanio days, you think, this is what it is. You know, my team wins every week. My team goes out, beats other teams, and is top of the league. That's how it was. And then, of course, it really unraveled pretty quickly. And, you know, to go from where we were in 69 to a horrible season in Division 2 and got relegated with a miserly 25 points just three or four seasons later, it unraveled pretty quickly. And a lot of that to do, of course, is the fact that um, that 1968-69 side also began to unravel for one reason or another. And, and, and the club took years, really, to recover from that. And, of course, Danny Williams left as well. Yes. Fred Ford did a decent job in that first season. Yeah. You know, and uh, as we've said before, you know, people forget that he kind of was there when all the Anglo-Italian success was going on. Uh, So he did a decent job for a short while before um, the name Dave Mackay comes into town and Stan Harland departed. You know, Frank Burroughs came to the end of his time and age kept up, crept up with one or two of them. But of course, Peter Downsborough was one of the players who didn't feel he was rewarded well enough when Les Allen was manager. And so he ended up going to, ironically, our, our opponents on Saturday, uh, Bradford City, to finish out his career. Mm, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment, I assure you. But the Anglo-Italians and the cup runs in general, because he missed much, as you mentioned, of the 66-67 cup run. He missed the game against Napoli. Um, but he was in the games against Roma, Juventus, 4-0 against Juventus and Sampdoria the following season. I think he missed the uh, the cup win over Liverpool as well. But, I mean, this is just... I mean, I think it's, if we're going to compare, it's, it's Di Canio plus, you know, plus 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the, the point I'm making is if you'd started to watch it that under Di Canio you would think this is all there is. You know, we're winning every week. And that's how it was. And we beat Juventus 4-0. Just think about that for a minute. You know, beat Liverpool 2-0 in the League Cup. That sort of thing. You know, extraordinary times. And you just kind of expected it to roll on and roll on and roll on. But sadly, it didn't. Mm. And pretty abruptly, that steam train came to a very shuddering halt. The fallout. There's a fallout with town boss Les Allen over... A difference of opinion of how new players are being rewarded by the club in comparison to the older, the veteran players. It's a tough situation, which I don't know enough about, to be honest, but it's an absolute shame that this is the way his town career would end. Even though he did make a, a brief return to the first team, he also went out on, well, before he went on, on loan to Brighton and then Bradford. But did we take players like Peter Downsborough for granted? 
Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because unless you're on the inside, you don't know. I mean, every manager has their way of running things. And I would imagine, you know, come the turn of the decade, you have to look to the future. And, and you know, don't forget the new stand was being built. There were financial pressures. Um, I, I would, and, and every manager wants to bring his own men in. And there has to be an inevitable change of staff. Um, you could point to the fact that Stan Harlan was allowed to go to Birmingham as one of the major reasons that, and, and before that he'd been shifted out of his position into midfield, if I remember rightly. And it all began to unravel and it, it just didn't work with Dave Mackay. It wasn't a successful time. He went off uh, to Derby and then to Forest, or was it Forest and then to Derby, uh, whichever way round it was. Um, and it was a turbulent time. The club was in a bit of a mess, quite frankly. And as a fan, it was a disappointing era. I mean, the, the season under Les Allen, we started off quite brightly and uh, we're top of the table after a week with uh, five from six, I think, something like that. But it, it really was a depressing season and, and it was all allied to three-day weeks and, you know, power cuts. So it wasn't a great time, to be honest. Sounds like quintessential Swindon town, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, definitely. You know, we have a massive high, like the Decanio days, and then we have a massive low where, you know, we've, on the brink of going out of business. You know, it's that sort of thing. With Swindon, that's what you expect. It's a bit, all right, let's go down to Saturday then against Newport. Great win at Cambridge. So come here full of optimism and guess what? You lose at home. You know, that's that's our club, isn't it? Well, Peter Downsborough left for Bradford City in 1974 where he enjoyed yet more popularity winning Division 4 with Bradford and enjoying more cup runs along the way listener Nigel Salden says I've been a town fan since the 1970s one of my many memories of Peter is him coming back here on a Tuesday night playing for Bradford and he was magnificent we threw everything at him and he kept them all out Nigel's memories are just one of many mentions of that return to the county ground as a Bradford City player a clean sheet and a 1-0 win for the visitors as Swindon failed to beat their former goalkeeper. And that, that really, the thing that comes out from that game, even if you don't remember it, is what everyone says is the reception he got was absolutely incredible. Yeah, and rightly so. I mean, you know, the one thing that really, I really hate these days is when a player comes back, he used to play for us, and he gets booed for no reason whatsoever, you know, apart from the fact he used to play for us and he's moved on to somebody else. I just, I've never understood that mentality. But when a player like Peter Downsborough comes back, we saw it with Chalky White, didn't we? In the um, auto windscreen, Leyland Daff, Milk Cup or whatever it was. Uh, when he scored that winning goal for Hereford, there was a standing ovation. When players like that come back, there is total respect and rightly so. And, you know, I'm sure he would have had a point to prove that night. You know, I'm sure deep down he wanted to, come there and do uh, everything he could to get a clean sheet and he did and got the the reception that he deserved because these are very special players very very special players the fact that most of us can reel off that 1969 league cup winning team without thinking about it too much says it all doesn't it how many town teams can you reel off the top of your head there aren't many are there Mm. and so these are very very special players Downsborough Thomas Trollope Butler, Burroughs, Harland, Heath, Smart, Smith, 
Noble Rogers. Penman substitute. Penman substitute. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? It's a part of our DNA that 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 day. Oh, I remember the club started selling pens, didn't they? With the uh, there was a, a <laughs> you know, it wasn't the greatest of pens, but it was a a pen with the result on and the team on, and and uh, you know, why not? You know, if we'd won the League Cup these days, goodness only knows what we'd be selling. But, you know, fantastic days and an iconic footballer. And and I've got to tell you a little secret. Um, a few years ago, he came back. I can't remember what it was. It may well have been another reunion. And there are very few people I get the autograph of. But he came up um, to where we sit, uh, near where we sit, and I got his autograph. And I got his autograph because he's Peter Downsborough. And, you know, to me, it's the all-time top goalkeeper, you know, a man who races pigeons, you know, and, you know, it says it all, doesn't it? There we are. He wins the League Cup for Swindon at Wembley and he he's a pigeon fancier and he's down to earth and loves to play football. And, you know, why wouldn't you get an autograph of a man like that? Fabulous. Yeah, after retirement... He moved back to the Halifax region, became a caretaker at school. But as you mentioned, he was a regular at the county ground uh, for the anniversaries for town's greatest 120 minutes. As we've mentioned already, he was here in March. But for me, on a personal level, this this was the first and only chance that I got to, to meet Peter. And I, too, got his autograph. It was the first autograph I got in decades and I shook his hand because I wanted to shake the hand of the guy that kept Arsenal out. And I said, thank you. And, you know, we live life with lots of regrets. And I'm I'm really fortunate that I managed to do that because I am grateful because he's given this club. He gave this club so much of his career. Yeah, I mean, I often chat to John Trollope in the car park, you know, and I do have to pinch myself. I mean, I got to know John quite well over the years, but. I have to pinch myself and I, I, when I'm talking to him. I, I'm talking to John, you know, and I have to really be careful because I could sort of just say, hello, John, you know, but he's, he's such a lovely man. You can have a great conversation with John Trollope. And I, I just, you know, this. well, he's a hero. And, uh, you know, these people are heroes. There's no question about it. And if you're a Swindon Town fan, you know, there are no... Uh, there is no better uh, people to remember than these. They are icons and forever should be linked with Swindon Town Football Club. Let us end with some more listeners' comments. Ayama1966, he says, Professional, took crosses, diving saves, blocked close attempts, nice bloke, loyal, gave his all, just like Banks. Brilliant. Said it all. Absolutely fantastic comments. Yeah, tremendous. Uh, I, I mean, I mentioned the bank save, didn't I? And, you know, there are many goalkeepers over the years who pull off wonderful saves and don't get a mention. But, you know, well, that, that sums up Peter Downsborough perfectly. Pete Marsh, he was my neighbour in Upper Stratton. His pigeons were always a talking point. He was part of the community, always made time to talk to people he met in the street. I think that's also part of that era, isn't it? Um, you know, I think footballers these days can be a little detached. You know, they arrive with their headphones on and, um, you know, you don't often get a chance to chat to them. But in those days, I think it was slightly different. And uh, as I said, you can talk to John Trollope in the car park any day you want to when he comes to a game and he's happy to do so. So I think those footballers are from a different era and much more possibly grounded than those superstars of today. 
Hanrahan Rahan. He says, anyone that has followed the town and has ever pulled on the gloves is aware of Sir Peter. Like Geordie fans are of War Jackie or Leeds fans of Bramner or England fans as of Gordon Banks. He is the forefather to later greats that followed as custodian at the CG. Simply put, a legend. Well, yes, again, uh, sums it up. I mean, a, a legend sums it up perfectly. You can't really say any more than that. And you know, I was desperately sad when I heard this because, you know, 76 is no age. And like you say, he was there uh, for the reunion. And I had no idea that this was likely to happen. I mean, who knows with anybody, of course, that's, uh, you know, nobody knows. But uh, a very sad news indeed. And we've lost now. We've lost uh, Peter Hunt. We've lost Peter Noble, John Smith, Stan Harland. You know, so these legends, we must treasure them when we've got them. Um and remember them when they're no longer here. And we'll end with Martin Young, who starts his tribute with the lyrics to a chant sung by town fans during a cup game against Nottingham Forest. Ay, 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 ay. Downsborough's better than Yashin. Rogers is better than Eusebio. And Forest are in for a thrashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sadly, it didn't turn out that way, though, did it? In, in the end. <laughs> what are you going to ruin it for? Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. But no, that was the end of that cup run, wasn't it, for us? But, <laughs> well, Martin says um, when he watched that game, he was 13 years old. Second town game that he saw, 28,000 yeah. in the county ground that day. That was the song sang for a 1-1 draw. We were much more creative back then, weren't we? Yeah, I um, actually, I, the one thing that's really heartened me recently is the Lloyd Isgrove song. Because yeah. a, a new song, fabulous, well done. And... Uh, he got sung at Leighton Orient for the first time, I think. And we were all sort of sitting there going, what are they singing? What are they singing? What's that? Uh, very clever. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot more songs made up in those days. And, you know, Peter Downsborough's name was part of those songs. And I, I hope on Saturday at Bradford City, and I'm sure there will be, I, I don't know, uh, but if you remember, we went there, um, the final game of the season, we won the fourth division under De Canio, and it was a nil-nil draw. But before the game... Uh, there was a commemoration to those victims of the Bradford City fire and all the town fans stood with their scarves aloft and it was a tremendously emotional moment. And uh, I'm hoping we see the same on Saturday at Bradford City. I'm sure we will. Both sets of fans will be able to give their appreciation of Peter Downsborough. Absolutely. And it's going to be quite a solemn opening, really, because they'll be remembering Peter Downsborough. And of course, the game, I think, has a tie-in with Stephen Darby's charity. Yeah, of well. course. So yeah. I think that will be two sides firmly united until the game starts. And I, and I would just put in here what great credit the club has at the moment for wearing those shirts to commemorate the you know the Rangers player who sadly recently passed away, and uh, they're also going to commemorate Stephen Darby or not commemorate Stephen Darby, but you know in aid of that charity on Saturday. So you know great credit I think goes to, to Swindon Town for that. Absolutely. So there we go. Peter Downsborough, an absolute hero. Anything to end on that you'd like to say, Vic? Rest in peace, Peter. We shall remember you forever. Vic, thank you very much.
the hell do we care? Cause we only know that there's gonna be a show and this wind and turn will be It's Don Rogers coming down now, looking at his tankard. I'm going to fill that tonight, that's for sure. Joe Butler, John Trollope, Willie Penman, the substitute, and Rod Thomas. A very fine fullback display from him. Peter Downs for a superb in goal. And Frank Burrows as well. John Smith. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.